0: TYB on the run with your host Katie Halle. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB on the run. We're well, welcome to your Bible blast of Isaiah two. Remember, as we're reading this text, it's very cosmic feeling, if you, if you could explain it that way. It's got this sense of nations and Isaiah prophesying across the nations. So let's have, jump in. Isaiah 2, the mountain of the Lord. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord, the day of the Lord. You, Lord, have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob, They are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divination like the Philistines and embrace pagan customs. Their land is full of silver and gold. There is no end to their treasures. Their land is is full of horses. There is no end to the chariots. Their land is full of idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their fingers have made. So people will be brought low and everyone humbled. Do not forgive them. Go into the rocks, hide in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. The eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted and they will be humbled. For all the cedars of Lebanon, tall and lofty, and all the oaks of Bashan, for all the towering mountains and all the high hills, for every lofty tower and every fortified wall, for every trading ship and every stately vessel, the arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day, and the idols will totally disappear. People will flee to caves in the rocks and to holes in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of His majesty. When he rises to shake the earth. In that day, people will throw away to the moles and bats their idols of silver and idols of gold, which they made to worship. They will flee to caverns in the rocks and to the overhanging crags from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. Stop trusting in mere humans who have put a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) How amazing is Isaiah? I say it every time. And I'm sorry I keep saying that, but I just love reading this. It's got this sense of the majesty of God. And I know sometimes we can fixate on, oh, God is horrible in Isaiah, in the Old Testament and he's a judgeful God. But when you really read it, what Isaiah, this prophet, is trying to do is say to them, stop trusting in idols. And can you hear it in human and in stuff that you made and know the majesty of your God? Because what we realize in Isaiah is it's not in chronological order. Um, Isaiah 6 is where he, he kind of, Isaiah gets commissioned into the, this prophecy and as a prophet of a holy prophet, what does that mean? A prophet that prophesies and has a revelation of the holiness of God and how amazing God is, Yahweh is, and how majestic He is, and how across all the earth and the nations He is. And when He gets that revelation, these are the prophecies that come out. Also, in the beginning, did you notice in the beginning of Isaiah 2? It says, This is what Isaiah, son of Amos. Now, when you have a look at the son of Amos, and what does that mean? It means history tells us that Isaiah lived in Jerusalem. He lived in the city. So he's very passionate about what's happening in his city. He's very passionate about prophesying. And we know that Jerusalem is in Judah. And we know that, again, from last um, TYB on the run, Isaiah Isaiah 1, that he's prophesying across this bracket where um, it's actually, Israel is actually taken into exile and he's prophesying across it. Now, unfortunately, because it's not in chronological order, we really have to do some research research to find out at what time he's prophesying specifically in Isaiah 2 and it's actually really hard to pinpoint but let's jump in did you hear the language of Isaiah it's all about mountains and cedars of Lebanon and he's kind of prophesying into his moment I guess if we were prophesying like this in our time it would be you know as tall as the city buildings or as tall as as and you would kind of use what was around you to show the grandeur of your God so let's jump in in the last days. Now what he's prophesying into is the future. Can you feel that? In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. Is this beautiful moment where he's saying God's mountain. Now this reference of mountains in the Old Testament can refer back to Mount Sinai, this sense of the power of God residing on a mountain. Remember in, in Mount Sinai, back in Exodus, where was there was the power of God, the people couldn't even go near that mountain. The people couldn't go near Mount Sinai. They actually tried and only Moses could go up there because they were so scared of the power of God that resided on that mountain in the thunder and the lightning, in this beautiful, epic moment as God's presence is on this mountain. So you get that sense that he's, he's kind of conjuring up their memory and he's saying, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple. Now, the Lord's temple is this essence of God's presence, will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. I love this moment where it's now we know that this is also New Testament, the prophecy of Revelation 21, 22, that the mountain of the Lord, the Lord's temple is established and all the nations kind of stream to it. So we kind of got this, this sense of future prophecy. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God of Jacob. I love this. I've heard this quoted so many times about coming up to church, coming up to the mountain of the Lord, that the, the mountain of the God's church will be the mountain that people stream to. And I love that beautiful essence. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. Beautiful moment of kind of calling back to Proverbs. Um, calling back to this, this, this walking in the path of the Lord, the law, the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. His, Yahweh is becoming King of Kings again. Yahweh is becoming King of all the earth. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. What does that mean? So if they're beating their swords, they're changing their swords into plowshares, it means that they're no longer in war, but they're in harvest, okay? So there's no longer, and 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 it's explained a little bit later, it says nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. They don't need their swords anymore because God's reign has established a time of peace. The mountain of God's justice and the mountain of the Lord being established and God's justice across the earth and this is prophesying into what will happen in the in the end times, this establishment of, of Yahweh across the earth. Read Revelation twenty one, twenty two to explain it. Nations will be at peace and they won't need swords anymore. And they're going to make them into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. I love this moment where it's harvest time. It's time where there's peace and we're just celebrating this beautiful harvest moment. And he says, come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light. This is, he's showing this vision and this prophecy to say, guys, change your ways. When you get a revelation of how majestic and how powerful your God is, you will change your ways. Sometimes I say to uh, my students, guys, if if you have an issue with maybe sin or things in your life or, or dealing with different issues, have read about Isaiah, read in Isaiah the grandeur and the majesty of your God, and not so that you are fearfully changing your ways, but you are so in awe of how powerful he is that you change Isaiah when Isaiah is calling in Isaiah six, he says, "Oh woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips." And it wasn't because, oh, I'm I'm a sinner and, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't be in his presence, but it was this revelation of how majestic your God is and you want to change your ways to, to reflect this majestic God. So this is what he's saying. Then we have this second section of Isaiah 2 called the Day of the Lord. Now let me explain the Day of the Lord, guys. The Day of the Lord for... um the people of of Jerusalem and the people of um, Israel is a day where God will come and reign. It's kind of a day of of vengeance for them. It's a day where God will come and, and the righteous will be saved and the wicked will be punished. And this day of the Lord and this sense of the day of the Lord had this essence of of God's revenge on those who who harmed them. It's God's vengeance coming down. It's it's showing the people of earth that God was the God of um the earth the whole time and their behavior would be will we will be punished. Now, as we go through this, we realize that in Isaiah, it's kind of tweaked a little bit. Even though that he's saying that he's going to punish the wicked and all of that sort of stuff, you've got to get this sense that he's not talking to the wicked here. He said He's talking to the descendants of Jacob. He's actually saying this. He's actually saying, guys, the day of the Lord, I understand, for you is a day of vengeance of the wicked, but your behavior is just as bad as theirs. (laughs) So don't think the day of the Lord is coming to just punish the wicked and you're going to get away with your bad behavior. It's kind of like saying, hey, you know, in in the moment where the parent comes in and and gives them a smack, the the kids are going to get the same discipline if they're just as bad as those on the outside. So let me read it to you. It says, you, Lord, have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob. Let me explain this, guys. He's not saying abandoned as in God has left them because God's given up on them and he's no, no, no. God does not abandon his covenant. So that's against covenant language of the Old Testament. What he's saying is this. He's saying, God has looked down on them and he's like, oh, man, I'm going to have to leave them to their own devices because at this stage they are so bad. (laughs) So he says they are. And then he says this this is why God has left them to their own devices. This is why God's gone. You know what? You're going to have to learn this lesson for yourself. Next, Next verse says this. They are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divination like the Philistines and embrace pagan cas- customs. What does it mean? They're as bad as everybody around them. They're supposed to be a light in a dark place. They're supposed to be the the chosen nation. They're supposed to be God's people, reflecting God's glory. And they are as bad as everybody around them. And this is why God is, has has separated himself from them. And said, you know what? I'm going to leave you to your own devices because a holy God can't be involved in all of this. And he's he's almost saying, look, you, you're so bad. Their land is full of silver and gold. There is no end to their treasures. Their land is full of horses. There is no end to their chariots. Their land is full of idols. They bow down to worship the work of their hands, to what their fingers have made. What he's saying is God made them so prosperous, and in that prosperity they found security other than in their God. Isn't it amazing that in the moment of blessing you have to check your heart more than in the moment of suffering? Because in the moment of suffering, you're on your knees, you're before God, and when you're going through trials, you're like, God, help me. It's not in those moments that, that you walk away to idols. It's in the moment of blessing that you have to keep your heart in check. And he's saying this. He's saying they're blessed. They've got silver and gold and chariots, but their blessing has led them to idolatry. So people will be brought low and everyone humbled. And Isaiah actually says, do not forgive them, Lord. Isaiah's like, you know what? I love Isaiah, who's a passionate prophet. He's like, don't forgive them. They need to be smacked. They need to be seen how bad they are compared to their God. And then he says, going to the rocks, hide in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. Now, again, this isn't fearful presence of an angry God that's taking vengeance on people for no good reason. No, no, no. This is a beautiful moment where he's saying God is so majestic. He is so holy. He is so incredible. And you're, you're going to have to go into the rocks because your behavior doesn't reflect him. And in a way of, of kind of shame, you deserve to be in the rocks. The eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. He's saying there's going to be a reversal. Your chariots, your gold, your blessings, everything that you, that you have security in, will be humbled under the power of your God. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted and they will be humbled, Isaiah says, for all the cedars of Lebanon. Now, again, very Old Testament language, very language of that day, tall and lofty, all the oaks oaks of Bashan, for all the towering mountains and all the high hills, for every lofty tower and every fortified wall, for every trading ship. And every stately vessel. He's kind of saying, this is what you put your security in. Let's put that in language of today. He would say, for every um, share market, for every wealth, for every billionaire that you trust in, for every, every tall, strong building, for every, everything that you, you put your hope in, for your business um, marketing plans, and for all the things that you put your hope in, he's saying, that is not right. And I love this moment. He's saying, the arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day and the idols will totally disappear. He's saying there's a day where where what Isaiah sees as corruption in the people and in the people around him and in the nations around him will be brought low and God will be exalted above it all. It's kind of like this beautiful moment where you, I can feel the presence of God, guys, just coming on this scripture. As you read the Bible, it's like this beautiful moment of, man what am i trusting in what what am i tr- this is me this is me taking this this warning of isaiah and saying, what am I trusting in? Am I trusting in things that simply, and I've put my trust in them to the point where I'm angry that God isn't using them. And God's not going to use them. He's not going to use your marketing plan to grow your business. He's not going to use those things because he wants the glory. And you've got to just, I feel the presence of God over Isaiah 2 in this sense of the majesty of your God. You have to know how majestic your God is, how incredible your God is, how much bigger than he is compared to your marketing plan. He's bigger than your strength. He's bigger than all the stuff that you put your hope in, chariots and horses, all the stuff that you He's bigger in the ability of you that you have to win this war. And there's this beautiful sense as we read Isaiah of just submitting to that beautiful presence of God and saying, God, you're so much bigger than all this stuff that I'm fussing with. (laughs) You're bigger than my bank accounts, you're bigger than my mortgage, you're bigger than all of this. And I love as we read Isaiah, can you feel that beautiful presence? That beautiful, I know in here it's saying fear the presence of the Lord, but as you humble and repent, as you just kind of go, hey, God, I'm, a, I'm so sorry I've trusted, that beautiful of presence doesn't become an element of judgment and fear. What does, what does judgment and fear when the presence of the Lord? If you are feeling that sense of judgment and fear with God, it means you're in the wrong place. And all you've got to do is just go, Hey, God, I'm sorry. And you, that, that presence of God becomes a place of peace again. That presence of God becomes your strength and your joy again. So let's keep going. People will flee to caves in the rocks and to holes in the ground. This is so when you go to Jerusalem and you visit it, there's caves in the rocks everywhere. So it's so their language. "...from the fearful presence of the Lord and and the splendor of His majesty." They're trying to run away. They're trying to say, oh, God, I'm so shameful of my behavior. They're trying to run away when he rises to shake the earth. This is the day of the Lord. In that day, people will throw away to the moles and bats their idols of silver and idols of gold, which they made to worship. They will they repent of their idolatry. They will flee to caverns in the rocks and to the overhanging crags from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor. of Can you see how the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty Again, I'm going to say it again, TYB. It's not about being fearful of the judgment of a hateful God that hates you and wants to. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if the presence of the Lord is fearful to you, then your behavior needs to change. And it's the splendor of his majesty that you need to get a revelation of, the splendor of how amazing and how beautiful and how incredible, but how just and how he judges with his right hand and how he's got this beautiful essence of controlling. He's, he's king of kings and Lord of lords in the New Testament, Jesus Yahweh is across the whole creation, and it's this beautiful sense of not running and hiding in the day of the Lord. You won't run and hide from that presence because you will stand boldly in the presence of your God because of what Jesus has done. You will stand boldly in the presence of Father God and know that you are completely washed clean. clean. This is this is this Old Testament um, moment. Oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun in this. Um, they will flee when he rises to shake the earth stop trusting in mere humans who have put a breath in their nostrils this is he's saying stop who 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 gave them the breath that they breathe he's saying stop trusting in humans why hold them in esteem and i'm going to finish with this guys Isaiah 2 shows you the grandeur and the majesty of your God, and he's talking about the last days. I understand that when Father God comes down to the earth, you will not be, as as Christians, we will not be ones that will flee to the rocks because we will stand in the presence of our God, washed clean of the blood of Jesus. I love that. We get to boldly come into his presence with no fear, no fear of vengeance or no fear of that judge because that judge will judge us and clean, which is so amazing, and I'm so grateful for Jesus But I get out of this, guys, stop trusting in mere humans. Today, as we reflect on Isaiah 2 and what is the personal application that we take away, we take away this. I'm going to stop being fearful of humans. I'm going to stop peer pressure, fear of man. I'm going to stop determining the way I act by human um, thought and peer pressure. I'm going to stop trusting in humans and start trusting in the Lord. I'm going to stop trusting in my human plan to make it happen, my human marketing plan, my, my church strategy. I'm going to stop trusting. They're good. I'm not saying throw them out, but I'm going to stop trusting in them for salvation, to save my business. I'm going to stop trusting in them to save, you know, my church or whatever it is. I'm not. I'm going to stop trusting in my bank account to save me and I'm going to start trusting in the Lord. And what does that mean? How? What does that mean? It means practically just praying over your finances, giving it back to God, submitting it submitting it back to God and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been trusting in my budget to get the house, to get a new house. But you know what? I'm going to trust in you and a miracle is going to happen over over my budget. As you take your eyes off human circumstances and human ways of doing things and you put your eyes on the King of kings and the Lord of lords, on the creator of heaven and earth, as you get a revelation, as we study Isaiah of how majestic and powerful he is, and this is what Isaiah is doing. He's saying to Judah, you need a fresh revelation of how majestic and powerful For your God is because you are in sin. You're, You're seeking idols. Why would you seek an idol when you've got Yahweh, the creator, to depend on? Why would you seek idolatry? Why would you look at those things when you know that your God is your God? Now let me go back to Isaiah 2. And I love this, and we're going to finish on this. In the last days the mountains of of, mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. I hope you've loved studying Isaiah too, guys, and I cannot wait to continue studying Isaiah with you.